Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's January 6th, 1863, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali. The Retrospectors. The oldest ice skates, made of animal bones and attached to the foot using leather straps, are thought to date to around 3000 BC. So it's perhaps surprising that usable roller skates, and more on that definition later, arrived on the scene thousands of years <laughs> afterwards. Or to be precise, today in history in 1863, when a New York furniture salesman called James Leonard Plimpton patented the first modern roller skates. Which he did because he himself uh, had been in poor health and he'd been advised by his doctor to take up ice skating. And the idea was that he should get himself outside and into the fresh air and onto the ponds of Central Park. And he noticed, having sort of taken this advice, that he had an immediate improvement to his health. But during warm weather, once the ice began to melt, he had no ability to continue doing this thing that had now become his favourite pastime. And so he began to think about how he could make himself some kind of an ice skate thing that, in the end, he settled on wheels. Yeah, I suppose it would have been more complicated in 1863, wouldn't it, to generate ice where there isn't ice <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> than it would be to put some wheels Much cleaner on idea. Feet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Which is what he did. But the reason this was the first patent in the US and the one that leads directly to roller skates as we know them now is Plimpton's design was the first skate that was capable of turning because mm. he had a four-wheeled skate which had springy carriages, trucks he called them, that allowed the skater to turn by leaning in the direction of travel. I know I'm describing something that seems commonplace to us now. <laughs> and also, you basically couldn't fall over sideways because uh, the wheels were symmetrical. Yeah, and one thing that was unique about Plimpton's design was that it was a quad skate, i.e. the ones where the wheels are on the corners rather than in a single line, which is what's called an inline skate. But the first person we know of in history to create skates is a guy called John Joseph Merlin, who was a Belgian inventor and musical instrument maker. And the life and soul of the party, may I say. Before you describe how he embarrassed himself, yes. I admire the intention. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you look him up, he, he has this very staid, bewigged Georgian portrait, which really does not communicate what a great japester he was. <laughs> apparently, he used his invention skills to make shoes with wheels on them. Crucially, no brakes, crucially, no ability to turn. He wore them to a lavish masquerade ball in 1760, where in front of a crowd of gaping onlookers, he wheeled in, playing one of his self-made violins given the lack of breaks or pivoting it went about as well as you'd expect we have an account from thomas busby's 1825 book concert hall and orchestra anecdotes where he says not having provided the means of retarding his velocity or commanding its direction he impelled himself against a mirror of more than 500 pounds value dashed it to atoms broke his instrument to pieces and wounded himself most severely and there had over the years as well been on probably like dozens of examples, but they're not all documented, theatre designers who had independently innovated 
to create a shoe that their cast could wear when doing an ice skating scene hmm. because ice skating scenes had been portrayed in ballets and operas and plays. And that use on stage kind of hints at what the other problem was aside from the relatively primitive tech that made them quite dangerous to use. And you can see this also in the first patent ever issued for a roller skate that was issued in 1819 in France to a guy called Charles-Louis Petitbled. And in his patent, he describes the skates as being intended to perform in the apartments everything that skaters can do on the ice. And that speaks to the other issue, which was where were you going to use them? So before paved and tarmac streets and public parks were commonplace, it would have been really hard to find a flat, smooth, hard surface to use them on. So partly that lack of obvious surfaces on which to skate does explain why once Plimpton was granted his patent, rather than trying to sell them, he announced these get-togethers featuring the sort of who's who of New York society. Yeah, in 1866, he created the first ever public roller rink in the US by leasing the dining room of the Atlantic House Hotel in Newport, Rhode Island. But he was a really clever promoter. He promoted skating as being a respectable pastime, Mm. you know, a healthy, wholesome hobby for young men and women this was an era that was very preoccupied with people getting outdoors and doing wholesome things and not lurking around in corners possibly fornicating and it gave single young men and women a chance to mingle in a setting that by its very nature was obviously supervised so it was fun for the people participating Mm. but also families might feel more comfortable about their unmarried sons and daughters going there because you're literally skating on a rink surrounded by people yeah yeah but it's young men and women doing a physical activity together isn't it it is a date but in a way that's less scandalous than an informal dance. But the way that he then expanded it was that he'd go to a new city, rent out a hall, send out the invitations, and then once the skates attracted the attention of that new town's kind of social and political leaders, then everyone else in town would want to get in on the action. So, you know, just this sort of brilliant early viral marketing sensation. Well, it is visual, isn't it? There is an element of like, what's that? Yeah. Have you never seen it before? (laughs) What's that? I've got to get me a pair of yeah. those. I mean, it, it does sell itself. And that's why it's so clever that it's a lease model. Because, of course, obviously, if you're selling them, you can only sell them once. But leasing them, if someone's coming back every week, they're paying you every time. Yeah, and it caught on very quickly. The 1860s and 1870s saw a wave of what the press dubbed Rinkomania. <laughs> Skating rinks were opening up across Europe and the USA. The first recorded game of roller hockey took place in London in 1878 at the Denmark Roller Rink. They called it Roller Polo. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> and the first speed races started taking place in the 1890s. Which is astonishing, isn't it? Because you do still think of, even though, despite having read all of this, when I think of roller skating, I still think of the 1970s. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think of like New Yorkers in the 1970s, in the disco era, basically. Mm. And I guess maybe that was its peak, or, or at least modern day people think that's what that was its peak, because it was that perfect marriage of a trendy city and everyone being in a rush. Like roller skates seem born for that. Mm. But it's weird, isn't it, to remember that rinking, as they called it in Europe, (laughs) was a hundred years earlier. And in 1916, Charlie Chaplin starred in a film called The Rink, the first movie about roller skating. You know, it wasn't something the Bee Gees did, it's something Chaplin did. Yeah. But not by any means the last movie about roller skating. As you mentioned, roller skates were very tied in with the 1970s disco scene, specifically roller disco. At the peak of the craze, there were 4,000 roller disco rinks across the US. And the craze also produced a host of movies. 
And in fact, Patrick Swayze got his start in one of these. It was called Skate Town USA and it was about a roller skating rivalry. And one of his co-stars, a woman called Maureen McCormick, later recalled there was a lot of cocaine being done on the set. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as we've said, drugs very much were not a part of the original era of roller skating. But Plimpton was almost hoist by his own petard by refusing to sell his skates to anyone else. He ended up having to fight a lot of court battles to try to hold out yeah. all of the pretenders because people could see how popular these things were becoming and they were trying to, you know, build their own. He actually took 14 different individuals or groups to court and he won all of those. All of them were forced to pay damages. But actually by the 1880s, his copyright lapsed. Anyone could get in on the act. By this stage, he'd made an absolute fortune, so it didn't really matter. But he'd created this entire market and in refusing to sell skates, he didn't have a a sort of scalable sales model ready to go. So potentially cut off one form of income. What's weird, though, is that having clearly established the template for successful roller skating, people still continued to innovate in really weird ways. I mean, I guess rollerblading in the kind of 1980s was the inline success story, finally, wasn't it, Mm. after 100 years of experimentation? (laughs) But... Between Plimpton and that, you had, I mean, I've seen some pictures from 1910 from Sweden of this model wearing what looks like two little mini bicycles strapped to his feet with like spokes and everything. And you just think, how did they do that when someone had done roller skates like 30 years earlier? And although a lot of the skating crazes came and went, obviously you don't see as many roller disco rinks as you used to. One that has enjoyed a bit of a resurgence in recent years is Roller Derby. And that began in 1935 in Chicago, but in a really different format to the form we know it today. I mean, I don't know if you've seen Whip It. I think that helped put it back in the mainstream. And the movie's about an all-female team, but there are all-male teams as well. And they basically speed race around the rink, but there's lots of pushing and shoving. It's really, really rough and tumble. But it started in the middle of the Depression as an endurance contest it used couples and you know male female couples they had to skate 57,000 laps which was said to what? be Jesus. yeah it was said to be equal to a trip across the US so you mind, this, is the, this is the era well think <laughs> they shoot horses don't they you know this is the era of the dance marathon this really ghoulish time when people were sure. super desperate to the point of exhaustion like I can't imagine anyone enjoying this grim spectacle but it reinvented itself in the 70s and 80s in the more colourful and fun form that we know today I also love that they made people do it in couples as a way to really <laughs> test relationships to the outside And so another week of retrospecting ends. But next week begins a day early at Club Retrospectors. Join us now to get an exclusive episode every Sunday. Patreon.com slash retrospectors. Part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.